0: Love Talk Radio. Welcome to the Mystery School Hour with your show host, Ortrun Franklin, on the Star Nations Radio Network.
1: Hello, everyone. This is Ortrun Franklin, and uh, another month has gone by, and. It's a privilege for me to be back uh, with all of you uh, this evening. Uh, before I begin, I just want to mention that um, our topic this evening is going to be water, water of life, and uh, the importance of water. But so again, I want to thank every one of you for being here. Those of you that are on the phones and those that are in the um, chat rooms and and all. The individuals that will be coming back and listening to the to the replay, we are thrilled uh, to have you be be part of our program um, because uh, your your energies share so much as and we combine that energy as you're sharing your energy and it just allows the energies to grow and manifest um, so strong in in our world uh, to create what it is that we are desiring. Before we begin, I'm going to take just a few moments and just do a, a centering. So um, allow yourself to uh, relax into this time as we have together and take a deep breath. And as you take that deep breath, begin to sense that energy of love,
2: of peace,
1: of joy as it surrounds you and as you are filled with that divine light and love and a bubble of light is surrounding you and it is a protective bubble of light so that that which comes through comes to you is that which is of the highest essence and as always, we call in our divine masters and our guides, uh, those that work with us, our divine angels. We ask them all to be present here with us this evening so that we might be guided and by directed to having come through that which is of the highest essence and for the assistance that we are given being given by these divine ones. For this, we are truly grateful and thankful. Okay, our topic this evening is the water of life. There's been so much coming to the forefront about water. And certainly with the Dakota Access Pipeline, that has been a, a tremendous, tremendous impact on any of us that are part of um, this radio network and the importance of the clean waters. And so I want to uh, commend those, those water protectors that are there assisting in this project and um, I want to mention that there are those that are meant to be there physically. And there are those that are meant to send prayer and light and love. Those, there are those that are meant to support financially. And I encourage all of you to uh, focus on what is your part. What is your part of this whole um, um, issue with our water situation Water is a very interesting thing because you know we're made up of uh, almost 70% water, and, and our planet is uh, made up of 70% water. So that's the largest part of our planet's, the largest part of what that what is within us also. And you know, um, going back even to my early childhood days, I remember my or physicians saying you you have to drink eight glasses of water every day, and many of us don't really um, listen to that. But hopefully, more and more people are getting becoming aware of how important it is to have this water in our life, and more and more uh, recognizing the importance of having the clean water. Uh, the the, um, the first thing I want to tap into is that you know we are a reflection we're a hologram and the hologram of what our planet is showing regarding the water is the is actually what the percentage of what uh is uh um uh being polluted on the planet is a reflection of what is going on within society also so it's important for us to keep that light and love radiating and um doing all that we can to care to take care of of the waters um, The waters are also very, very interesting because what they are, and especially in ancient Egypt, because that's what I mainly follow I know this is that the water, the, the, uh, the Nile River, represents um, the flow of energy, the flow of um, light energy, love energy of the Holy Spirit flowing through us. And it is oftentimes the they are said to be the chakras. And in Egypt, uh, because Egypt saw itself as being... This, this country, and because they, in the ancient days, they really didn't know how to go beyond the small scope of Egypt alone, they identified with um, the Nile, and the Nile being that celestial river. And that celestial river was actually a reflection of the heavens, and it is the reflection of uh, the Milky Way, galaxy and uh, along the river um, as there is with the milky way you know there are the planets that we see and reflecting onto the rivers and onto the waters and the sides of the waters are the different temples which are representative of the reflection of the heavens water has always been an Extremely important source, and not only is um, the Nile River considered a uh, an initiatory path, or the many other rivers around the world actually have that same connotation. Uh, for instance, the um, the uh, Tigris-Euphrates River uh, that also represents the same thing to the Persians. As uh, the Nile rep- River represented to, um, to Egypt, and interestingly enough, that there have been studies done that compared the uh, Tigris-Euphrates with the Nile River. They may not necessarily be the same length, but they have the same proportions. And when they measure it, they, they they'll measure uh, the river and um, and the scale the scale is the exact same scale, and the bends are in the same place as the bends are in the uh, in the Nile river and all of this is symbolic of that reflection the reflection of the above from the heavens. I've often heard also that the um uh chakra system of the United States is actually the Mississippi. River so the river uh, uh, the Mississippi River represents the same thing as um, the Nile River does to the um, to the ancient Egyptians and the Mississippi River is the uh, the largest the longest river that we have in the United States but second to that is the Missouri River uh, as far as the length so these two rivers in our country are tremendously valuable and as uh, the ancient ones believed that um there were sacred sites along the river path on both sides of the river so it is you know with our chakra system because we have the masculine and feminine energies that are running up and down our sp- spinal column the ida and pingala uh energies the divine ida is the feminine and the Pingala is the masculine energy, and the river itself is um, like our spinal column, and uh, it's, it's more in a cylindrical form. But these two energies, the, the ida and pingala, they intertwine. And so if you were to intertwine them, you could see it looking as, as it was a caduceus or the sign a, a medical sign where the two snakes are intertwined so that the energies are balanced out Um, within the river Uh, water is life and the sacredness of the lands all all land is sacred certainly but the sacredness of land along the rivers are extremely important and so the uh, river such as the mississippi and, and the missouri river Um, uh, again going back to the water protectors uh, and I'm uh, so proud of them for standing their ground is that their sacred space is also along the river and so all rivers flood and in the uh, ancient times in ancient Egyptian times and to this day uh, one of the uh, most important occasions is the inundation of the Nile uh, uh, the overflowing of the Nile River and even Although um, that um, uh, indicates that it will um, nourish the land, that it will uh, uh, and bring um, oh high volumes of food that can be grown. It also that inundation and that water flowing over those sacred spaces also uh, helps to cleanse whatever gets accumulated in those spaces because uh, every one of those places, those different um, uh, pyramids or whether they're sacred sites um, uh, or temples, they are initiatory places. They're places that uh, the mystery schools occur. And uh, each one of these temples has in itself a, diff- a different purpose. When we look at our chakra system, it has; they have different, um, as our chakras do, that we focus on different aspects, but still within each one of these um, um, temples or pyramids, it represents all of the chakras, but the focus is mainly um, a specific um, area, such as uh, power, for instance, you know, in the base chakra. So, And this is true for the Nile River, the Celestial Nile, but it's also true for the other rivers, and the waterways and the tributaries of uh, around the world, uh, because it's that cleansing mechanism with uh, that uh, inundation, and it brings new, again, new life um, into the world to have this uh, this water um, flowing over these different sites and these sacred spaces. And uh, the myths are. Very interesting, because in most uh, myths in most um, um areas uh, the we came actually from the abyss, everything came out of water, and so uh, water is not only important for us as far as our physical well being but it's extremely for us important for us also in our spiritual well being and The water is used in rituals all around the world. Uh, The cleansing, it's always a cleansing factor for certain. And it's it's one of the elements that's used uh, in in almost all of the practices around the world. Now, uh, I want to just mention um, some of the different creation stories around water And in the Judeo-Christian version, they believe that the Spirit of God was stirring above the waters. And it was then that God created a a firmament in the midst of the waters and finally it became the fountain of living water. So that's their perspective. The Vedas, or the the, the Hindus, uh, in their holy books, It says that the earth came from the primordial sea, and so they're also seeing it coming from the water. That uh, we came from the waters. The Buddhists they focus more on the the lotus stream, the uh, lotus stream of the Buddha rising up from the waters uh, of the soul. So the lotus flower, but again, the the water is is involved. It's so important that moving through the waters that uh, uh, that creation comes forth uh, um, and then the uh, also in the Egyptian trad- the traditions that I was speaking of before they believe that the creation of Egypt came from from Nun. it was that watery abyss and that watery abyss when we think about that in Egypt is uh, uh, takes place in what's called um, upper Egypt and uh, although the river nile starts actually started from like starts from the Victorian falls and uh flows north up into um the mediterranean sea uh they only speak about the egyptians because it's their area they speak of it coming from basically uh the nubian area and then moving on up and um, the, that is where Upper Egypt is located, is right at, at the crossroads where you move from uh, Egypt into uh, to Nubia. There, they believed is where the source of the God source came forth. That that is where the um, spring, the waters of source, uh, came bubbling up from the dark abyss, and that dark. The water that came up then was overseen by Kanum. Kanum, he was the, the water god. He's often also seen as the potter, um, and uh, he is the one that oversaw and actually um, controlled how much source energy would be coming in. And hmm, why? Why would that be? And if you look at that on an individual basis, uh, Kanum would be the God or the I am presence of your being that is actually directing how much source energy is to flow in to you. Because if too much uh, a source energy flows in, you can have a burnout. Actually, so uh, the, the the God within you is the one that is directing. Um, the flow of energy, the flow of the of um uh, the waters of life, so that uh, you can grow and become the way that you are meant to be. Um, people have come to us at times, and they have said that they've sat in a pyramid and they say, I want to be enlightened, and unbeknownst to them because they weren't protected, and they weren't ready, and they weren't connected. Was it the I am within or the divine essence within? They were given, it was like a lightning bolt, and the energy zapped them. Uh, And one person, I specifically remember coming to us that he, he couldn't even talk, and he had been out of work for over a week, but this had happened to him and he just came he came to us because he thought possibly we could we could help him. It was the first time that we ever came across a situation like that. But um what we ended up doing is we helped uh, assist him in moving that energy because what occurred with him asking that he was given this lightning bolt of energy but it was stuck and it got stuck in his head at the um, in at the uh, Uh, his uh, crown chakra and because he really wasn't ready the energy was there for him but physically and even spiritually he wasn't ready to receive that energy It, it, it it was stuck there and and his head was pounding and he he was just lying in bed for a week or so and he finally decided maybe we can help so because we had never uh seen this occur before Uh, we used our intuition and basically we spoke with him and all the while that we were speaking with him, we started to visualize this energy starting to gently trickle from that crown chakra, that source energy, that um, uh, source of life, that water of life and start to move down and move down into his third eye area. And when we kept visualizing and moving and slowly it did it started to move and when we got to where it was touching his throat he actually as i I said earlier he couldn't even speak he was stuttering Uh, he was having a horrible time and we continued to see that energy flow down and eventually having it be grounded into the planet so once that energy was balanced out he was in great condition and he left, you know, feeling great. So it's really important that we are in alignment with that divine within before we ask that we're just being zapped zapped by source because source energy is so powerful and so strong. And it's not that uh, uh, we are able to utilize that on a spiritual level, but our physical body may not be ready to be able to uh have that energy um, in it needs to adjust and so it's we need to make sure that we're always aligned with our divine one divine within so that um, the energies come in a little bit more slowly and it can be less painful for you and it will adjust but um but uh it's important to remember that. But Canum he was the um he was the the creator, he was the potter, so he was also known as the potter because the other thing that the ancient Egyptians believed was that um that this mound came out of this abyss and that mound was the creation. Uh Canum was uh, known to be the one that uh, that formed children. He, he 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 gave birth to children, basically. Um, so so, and the, so that mound of energy that comes out is then that representation of we as individuals, and um, and we are that mound of of of, uh, of I'm going to say dirt or that mound of um, such a pyramid because they they saw it more as the pyramids. And uh, when it came out, and but that source is controlled, it's controlled by uh, the uh, the divine essence that dwells you know within you. So it's important to remember uh, uh, the spiritual aspects of um, what water is and what the water of, of life is. And you know we, say, we really hear this often right now is that water is life. And water is life, but it is not only physical life because we need to be able to refresh and renew the water that is within our physical bodies, but it is also spiritual life. So the water, it's important for us to take care of our our waters. And, and I know all of you know this already, but the, um, for instance, the zoroasters the, the, the they... The sacredness of the water is so important that uh, I know it's considered to be an evil if someone even spits into water, spits into the river, because it can contaminate the river. And then that river, that river of life, then flows and, um, and can touch parts of us on a spiritual level. But yet on the physical level, if someone spits into the river, Contaminate It can contaminate basically all of the waters upon the planet because the uh, uh, rivers are the tributaries, and they carry uh, whatever is in the rivers, and then it joins with uh, the, you know, for instance, the Nile River joins with the Nile Delta, which then is becomes part of the Mediterranean Sea, which then goes out and eventually, it circumferences the whole entire planet, um, our world. So there's importance both physically and spiritually when it uh, comes to water. And as I mentioned earlier, we are the reflection of the um, of the divine heavens. You know the the um, the ancient ones the astrologers of the uh, uh, the, um, and the uh, and the ancient Egyptians and the the ones that were the numerologists and the the Kabbalists and so on they studied the uh, heavens and they saw that as being that reflection and uh, everything that is along the Nile River with its temples relates to the entireness of the individual no matter which temple it is, they may look different, but proportionally they are in proportion to um, the heavens. So, uh, And that's not only true for the Nile River, but this is also true for the Mississippi River. It's also true for the, the Missouri River. So the waters of our land are so significant not only um, around us, but also within us. Okay, I'd um, like to um, open it up now and uh, see if there's any questions anywhere. And I see here, okay, and it says, uh, Julie, hi, Julie. She's in the Facebook chat room, and she says, Ortoon. Because water is life, and all life comes from the water, what role does Christian baptism play for this concept okay uh, the christian baptism that's a very very uh, interesting and a uh a, a analogy and uh the the christian or um aspect of this is that they refer to the water of life as the living water of the Holy Spirit and it is through that baptismal ritual when the priest actually is pouring the water on um, infant head or if um, an adult if, if, if an adult is being baptized that when they're saying the baptismal prayer they're actually praying for the um, the water to be transformed or trans into the water of life so that it's a purification in, 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 in the Catholic tradition because they believe in original sin, they believe that this purification ceremony um, actually removes original sin and then it allows that fountain of the living water of the Holy Spirit to flow through us now uh, in the ancient Egyptian times the um uh baptism or purification was a, a really important thing also and also as it was in in the other ancient religions the um before uh, they could enter the temples um they needed to be purified they had to wash themselves such as for instance um you know, when you walk into a Catholic church, you know, there's the water, uh, the, the the baptismal, excuse me, the font, the water font of the holy water, and you take that and you make the sign of the cross so that you're, that's a symbol of cleansing yourself before you enter into um, communing with God, with the divine. And so it is also in these uh, ancient traditions that uh, for you to... Uh, walk in and uh, and commune with the divine, it's important that you are cleansed so that uh, 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 you can then be more ready to accept the Holy Spirit to flow through you. In other words, the baptismal ritual would have been a, a, an act of initiation where the priests and priestess would have... Worked with you to um, do a, a cleansing ritual, just as like in the baptism, where they would pour, you know, water across your forehead to be, to signify that you are being cleansed, that you're preparing to be able to meet with that you know, that the divine that um, that dwells within. So, um, yes, they did um, utilize baptismal practices, even back in the ancient Egyptian times. Uh, Any other uh, thoughts or any other comments? Um, Again, if you are um, on the phone lines, um, please just press 1, and that will um, allow you to tap through so that um, uh, if you have a question or a comment, we'd love to hear it from you. So, uh, and Carl has something he'd like to add
3: from a scientific perspective all life on the planet originated in the ocean and without the waters there would be no life on on the planet of 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 any kind and we not only not all life originated there but all life needs water to they say the living waters that's not just it's not an exaggeration or just an analogy it, it's a fact it's a truth and in the urantia book it's uh interesting to me
0: i have a memory
3: of having worked with energy combining energies together with my family of elohims What I'm going to call pre-life And when We felt it was ready It was turned over not only planted it here but they then watched over it they became kind of the nursemaids they were not allowed to interfere and their hope was and really the hope of the universe was that a life form would develop that had never developed any place else in the universe because the creator wanted to see what was possible okay well there was something happened to the earth and ocean currents changed and the most promising life form that had been planted was in the uh, was well it would, would likely not have survived with the, the changing uh, water conditions so the life carriers asked permission to move it and they were given permission so they moved it to a different part of the earth uh, still in the ocean that was more favorable, and that species did evolve, and that was the origin of the human species on the planet. It all came from the ocean, and it is all sustained by the water of the earth.
2: Um,
1: it just came to me that uh I spoke about us being a hologram and that, uh, the celestial heavens are, um, reflected, you know, down upon us and the, uh, um, what we see in the waters of the earth is a reflection of, you know, like the human consciousness upon the earth. And I'm going to, I want to ask Carl this because I'm not really certain about this. Does that represent, do you think, Carl, uh, since we are holograms and reflection, does that um, represents the chaos that's also going on in the heavens?
2: Okay, to
3: be a hologram, that is a scientific theory at this point. They have found that our universe follows all of the laws that govern holograms. And uh, we also know that all physical matter is made out of energy. And we know that light is one energy form that involves not only a wave, but also a particle called a photon. And so science is uh, considering that all physical matter is made out of the photons of light. Okay, now, something else that I find extremely interesting, and I wish that science would pick up on it, uh, one of the, the objections or things that I have about science that bothers me is different schools of science don't communicate with other schools of science. The quantum physicists have found that there is nothing in the universe, even on the quantum level, and quantum means smaller than an atom. Okay, that everything, including pure energy, has consciousness. Conscious, There is nothing in the universe without consciousness, according to the quantum physicists. But the other area of physics and science, biology and so on, does, won't deal with this because it doesn't fit in with their accepted theories. So I think there's a real possibility that we are, that all of creation is a hologram, but a hologram can be more than just a projection. I don't know that science, or I've not heard of it, anyone considering that a hologram can be solid and at the same time still be a hologram. It would be like light becoming solid, but science is saying that Perhaps that's where all physical matter came from.
1: Well, that's that's really quite interesting, and I think it's quite, you know, it's quite a thought. It's a deep thought. I think it's something that's really good for us to uh, to spend a little a yeah, possibility, right? Something that really uh, can be, you know, considered because everything is possible. Um, I also I want to mention uh, uh, Dr. Amoto a few moments here and uh you know he has done so many experiments where he has um uh shown how water can be changed and uh uh you know he would have these different um jars of water and uh he would put a negative word on one and then he would put a positive word on another and uh and he did this with very various different words like love, peace, joy, and also then he would also with anger and and such and the difference that showed up in the water when he was able to um get down to the structure and be able to look at that structure it was interesting to me because I was looking at those um and even though the ones that were you know of a uh, I'm going to say what we would consider more of a negative type of a, a vibration, a lower vibration. It was interesting the design of it and so on. So there was still some interesting concepts, you know, because it uh, it showed more like the the um, the like the the diamond. Let's just say the one that just came out of the earth and the one that still has all of the. It's, it looks like carbon and it's dark and uh, then uh once that diamond is polished you know how beautiful it becomes right but um that's how these particular things i was looking at of his his work was how these looked like these chunks but they had really interesting very interesting designs in them but they were what what they really conveyed to me was the heaviness of it like it was like heavy metals is what it looked like to me and that by changing uh, the the words that he would put on these um different uh, jugs of water it would then become this most beautiful looking um oh like a snowflake of a of a, and all of them of course were different everyone because um and what we would do would be very different too because of uh we come from a different vibratory frequency than he would, so if we were to uh for instance bless our water, our design it would be much much more different but um I had mentioned it earlier in the show that you know we all need to do our parts, and um, and if nothing else, and I believe for me, and I think for Carl also, ours is basically for us to to work with the on um, that energetic level of changing, you know, the water structure, um, where others are there, you know, doing their demonstration, but all of us can assist. Um, uh, at that level of um, changing the uh, the structure, and because if we start thinking positively and looking at this whole situation of our waters, our physical waters, and seeing them from the eyes of the divine, it it it, it would, will take on a totally different concept. It totally, it'll take on different. Um, vibratory frequency you know within you and if you're doing looking at it from the eyes of the divine then you're radiating that particular uh, essence to those situations and to those waters and uh it will help to uplift those waters that's something i think it's really important for us to realize is to uh, and and to focus on is that uh it's easy to become very frustrated because of the outer picture, but before sending out the energy vibrations to those situations, make sure that you go within and so that you're aligned with that divine essence within because you can then uh, see it from a different perspective.
3: you remember the last time you went to the beach, be it a lake or, or an ocean, How did you feel? What effect did the presence of the water have on you? And when you went into the water, particularly if you immersed yourself, you were swimming in it, be it a pool or a lake or a river or an ocean, how did it feel? What impact did the water have on you just by its presence? Now, I want to throw out an idea for you. You're not only affected by the water, but the water is affected by your presence, whether you're just standing there looking at it or whether you're actually in it. It senses your presence. The water has consciousness. It is aware of you and of the energy radiating from you, from your aura, from your thoughts, from your emotions, and for you to consciously send love to the water. Now, I, the thought struck me. The, at times, we the water gets really, really agitated. And I'm thinking particularly of, of hurricanes. It isn't that the water is upset. It's that the air upsets the water now I'm wondering what would happen if as soon as a storm is forming in the ocean that could become a hurricane what effect would it have if a group of people sent peace to the air sent peace of the water, and saw that becoming maybe a squall, and that was it. I'm wondering if our consciousness could not impact the consciousness of the water, even as the presence of the water impacts us. It's worth thinking about, and I would love to see someone work with this and see what happens. I know that people like Jim Gore from North Carolina would uh, take a medita- take a group of people and they would meditate in areas where for example there were high crime rates and while they were there the crime rate really dipped. And if we can affect human behavior just by thought, by emotion, I believe that there's nothing on the planet or in the universe that cannot be impacted by that same human energy.
1: I remember um when we were living in Sarasota, Carl, that we um when there would be a hurricane coming in that we would meditate with our meditation group and we would work at changing the direction of that hurricane and uh it would it would actually end up going through a area that was not so populated so this is this is the kind of uh um effect that we can have you know on um, on assisting at a um, uh, spiritual level and remember everything that you do for the planet you're doing for yourself you know and and that's with your flow of life with your flow of uh uh, of divine energy, of, of um, energy source that's flowing, you know, through you. And uh, you are here to, on the planet so that you can um, uh, assist in its upliftment and to remember to to actually uh, work with that and direct that uh, divine light and love into those situations. That can truly affect the outcome. We're also
3: here to learn how to do this and then to practice it. So this oh, is a school.
1: Oh, hey, we've got a question here. Um, hey, hi, um, I don't, is this Mary Ellen? I think it's from Mary Ellen. Hi, how are you doing? I hope you're doing great. And the question is uh, something, it was something about fracking. Um, uh, do you have any thoughts about the fracking water? Uh, she's very concerned about it. Um Personally I feel that um again on the spiritual level we need to focus on uh transmuting that whole thought pattern and that's that's the part that we can play is by sending divine radiant light love to all those people that are concerned uh with those decisions and those that are actually doing that work and um that uh that will help to change and modify that direction of, of what will actually occur, that um, uh, oftentimes um, I've heard of, like, for instance, um, uh, someone's trying to um, really um, build a big subdivision in an area um, where it would just ruin the the beauty of it. And uh, if by sending light and love to that, that be diminished... That things happen that where the equipment won't work, and uh, they ended, ended up being becoming so frustrated that they finally decided that they're they're moving out of that area and they're not going to to continue building there because it's not worth it because they can't seem to go forward. So I, I believe we need to be very conscientious about um, how much I'm going to say much how much power we truly have how much divine energy we have that we can actually send to those uh, situations by sending, um, you know, light, love, and so on to everyone that's concerned with those particular situations. We don't need to know the names specifically. You know, we can just put that request out. The universe knows where to take it. Uh, Carl, do you have something else to add to that? Fracking
3: comes out of the human emotion of greed. They want more oil, more money. No, it is my opinion that oil gas are third-dimensional energy sources. The Earth is now functioning in the fourth dimension, and humanity is not far behind. We're still in the high end of the third dimension. That is the collective human consciousness. And I believe that fracking is destructive to the Earth. It's a proven fact, that it certainly increases earth movements. That is, increases. uh, Oklahoma had almost one or two minor earthquakes a year before fracking, and now it's in the hundreds per year. And they're trying to minimize the problem by where they pump the, the, uh, the water down deep into the earth. They're trying to pump it where it's not near any fractures, but the thing is they don't know where all the fractures are. They only know where the ones are that have actually moved. And so what they're doing is they're creating new fractures. So fracking is not good for the earth. And it is at some point uh, that polluted water, even though they're pumping it very deep, uh, cannot stay isolated, isolated forever. It's going to have to be dealt with at some point in the future. So I, I would, my desire is that they they outlaw fracking, okay? And if we create a strong enough um, thought pattern, thought energy, strong enough desire, uh, I believe that we can bring that about. But it's also going to, I think, come with a raising of the collective human consciousness.
1: Um, okay, we have a... Um someone that's on the phone line. Julie's on the phone line. Um, uh, you can uh, let her come through if you'd like.
4: Hello, Ortrun and Carl. Thank you for Hi. taking Hi. my call. I appreciate it. How yes.
0: are hello.
4: you? Oh, I'm doing so well. I always learn so much from the both of you. I'm just on the edge of my seat, especially during this call. My question is about the... Um, The polar ice caps and the changing of the temperatures within the Earth climate, and since water is life, and all water and all life comes from the water, really been enjoying this book. What um, what does that say about the waters of life that the polar the polar ice caps are changing and that the sea levels are? Are rising. Is this just the natural cycle of things, or does this speak to something else about human consciousness? Like Carl was just saying about the fracking and how that um, is not helpful for the
1: earth. I'd like your thoughts on that. I'm gonna douse on that for one thing. I just wanna, I wanna douse on that and see what I get as far as um, uh, with the polar ice caps. Is this a um, a natural occurrence, something that occurs um, uh, occasionally as uh, throughout um, the natural cycle. And I'm getting a yes on that. Will you, will you um, check on that, Carl? And see what you get regarding the polar ice caps. It's a weak yes. I have another uh-huh. question. Okay, he, he has
3: another question. Uh, what I would like us to do is—is this a part? of the ascension process, the melting uh, of the ice caps. Orchard, what are you getting on that?
1: I'm sorry, I was reading another question. No, please. please.
3: Okay, the question is, is the melting of the ice caps a part of the ascension process for the Earth? And I'm
1: getting a yes on that. What are you getting, Carl? Yes.
3: We're both getting a strong yes on that.
2: Mm -hmm. Okay,
3: now, a part of this is the 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 output of the sun has increased slightly that's the major cause for the the melting of the ice caps. Um, science is not well let me say it's not ready to be announced so they're they're blaming the pollution that we're putting out that is uh amplifying the problem it's ha- causing it to happen much faster now uh Julie this is a looking at a completely different aspect here that's no one no one has brought up but the passage of Nibiru and I believe that closest it will hit its closest point in, in 2019 hmm. that's that's going to have tremendous impact not only on the ice caps and on the oceans but it's going to have tremendous impact on earthquake activity I think there's going to be a great exhilaration because uh, Nibiru is about five times larger than the Earth. It's uh, can you imagine the gra- what effect the gravitational pull is going to have on the crust and and the oceans? We we can see what what effect the moon, which is just a fraction of the size of the Earth, has on, on our tides.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So I think to me that's the, the 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 really big big question, and there is no answer at this point. Except I think for each one of us, we really need to stay tuned with to our within to our, our our inner guidance, so that we need to be and to do where it is we need to be and to do what it is we need to do
2: Mhm,
4: wow, thank you for that. thank you for that very much
0: okay.
3: yeah so uh, from what from what science is currently telling us yes the the uh, uh the melting is continuing, and yes the ocean levels will rise, but also I think what's going to be happening and and this has been foretold on you know on uh, the channeled information is both Lemuria and atlantis are going to be who are now ocean bottom are going to be emerging okay which is going to displace displace more water but I suspect that there are other parts of uh, of land that is going to be submerging so I, I think mm-hmm. this
2: whole
3: this whole ascension process is a remaking of the earth at a higher frequency
1: I see
4: yes it is very much a fact that in the swath of where I am in southern Indiana we used to be um, ocean bottom I think a big part of the United States used to be ocean bottom yes yeah. Even yeah. though the very tall peaks that are standing up now used to be ocean bottom.
1: Yes. Yes, uh-huh, mm. uh-huh. And uh, the, but there's that, that um, we're going, as Carl said, going into a different vibratory frequency of the, the planet is being uplifted, and this is all, you know, part of the process, and that's why it's so important for us to to stay positive about it and uh not, you know, not not do anything but and if you feel that you you know you, you to be part of certain things you know like demonstrations and so on you know you do that follow your heart um but more than that uh make certain that you are coming from a clear perspective you know from the heart so that uh, anything that you're putting out there is is of a positive vibration so that that can you know be transmitted um all of this is coming to the forefront because it is time for that uh upliftment to take place and um uh, our adding our energies, our positive energies to that, it will definitely you know, helps to transform and bring about what it is that uh is meant to be. Um and also uh you know you will be where you're meant to be. So because people sometimes are, are afraid that oh, my gosh, if this happens or if this happens, if we're tuned into our higher essence, we will be exactly where we're meant to be, and we will be doing our work exactly where we're meant to do our work. And um, if you're right now living in a specific place, you're there because your energies are meant to be there. They're being anchored into that uh, space, you know, on the planet. If you're meant to assist somewhere else, there'll be something that within you that will say, "Hey, I need to go here and assist." So uh our uh, recognizing that we are safe, that we are safe. And you know, one of the questions actually that I just heard someone uh say the other day was how would you feel um if you felt you were totally safe in this universe? And Ooh. how many can truly you know say we feel totally safe in our universe because of uh, you know our programming and everything else. Because truly, we are, we are safe. So that's something to contemplate and to see where you know where we are at as individuals, and by our becoming or feeling safer and safer in our world and our and our. Galaxy and our in our universe, the more and more, you know, um, the whole planet is is going to be uplifted, and the changes are taking place. Okay. Um, Julie, are you still there?
4: Yes. Yes. Okay. Thank you so much. That was a a wonderful answer and a great discussion, and I thank you for your time this evening. And thank
1: you for um, calling. Appreciate it. And um, uh, it's time to – we have one minute left, and I just want to thank Rob for his comment from the chat room. And he said, if energy and matter are the same stuff at simple different, simply different vibrations, then it stands to reason that it could, that that change could take place, that we can change that around. So I thank you very much for that, Rob. And um, uh, it's my time's up, so I'm going to um, – Uh, go now and i want to thank every one of you for being part of this program as always we love you i love you and i appreciate you and um, i appreciate your being part of this and this i'm going to say that the uh, uh, the upliftment of our planet earth so until next month and Carl will be on soon
0: we hope you enjoyed this edition of the mystery school hour with your show host Bertram Franklin. On the Star Nations Radio Network.
3: Tonight, it's based on a quote of Jesus. He said, Except you become as a little child, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. What in the world was he talking about? Except you become as a little child. And the kingdom of God, what is he? I think a lot of people would interpret that as meaning the kingdom of God is is heaven when we die but I don't think that's correct. I think the kingdom of God is right here and right now. And if we're not as a little child, we're going to miss being what are experiencing what we could experience if we held on to many of the traits that we had when we were much younger. Now, many of you know that Four weeks out of the year, I put on a red suit, and I have a sleigh with eight tiny reindeer. And I'll tell you, those are the best eight weeks of the year, or the best four weeks of the year for me. I dearly love being scented. I've been doing this for 13 years now. And I, I've estimated that I've probably seen in that time over about 25,000 children. And can you imagine... A mother coming up to you and placing a newborn infant in your hands. Or even a six-month-old or a one-year-old climbing up into your lap and looking up into your eyes. Can you imagine the emotion that that would draw forth from you? They might be little kids, but I'll tell you, they have so much power to elicit unbelievably strong feeling and emotion from you, from me. We were at the theater last night, and as we were leaving, there was a a father, and he had a couple of uh, children, but sitting next to him was a one-week-old baby. And the baby, we made eye contact. And my heart, I just, I can't help but smile, and my there is so much love that that baby elicits from me. It is just a wonderful, wonderful, beautiful feeling. These, these babies, they come in and they're so pure. They're so innocent. And yes, they are, have a physical body. But the energy that they carry is an energy of pure love. And it calls forth so much joy. I can't look at a child, no matter what their age, and not break into a smile. It's just the effect that they have on me. And what is it that makes a child a child? What are the the attributes, the traits that they have? Now, we're adults, and I want you to remember when you were a child, if you will, and see if you didn't have these traits, The first trait that they have is trust, total, complete trust, particularly for mother and father. And even as they grow up, until they reach a certain point, they trust what mother and dad say. Mother and dad are all-knowing. They are omnipotent. They can do anything that the child wants done they trust them explicitly and in terms of fears well when children cry it's usually because they are their body is physically uncomfortable they are hungry or they are thirsty or there is something medically wrong but they they have just total total complete trust and the second trait is their love is unconditional I don't know how anybody can look at a child even if the child is crying and not feel the love coming forth from that child. It isn't just that the child elicits love from you. It's that the child is love and is sharing that with you. And another trait of children from the the earliest age, from hours old, is curiosity have you ever seen a child regardless of the age their eyes they are they are looking they are just taking everything in they are listening to the sounds around them they are attempting to make sense of it to understand in fact they're so curious that as parents and caregivers we need to watch them because they will do things that may not be safe i remember when i was two years old back then we had an egg man that once a week would deliver eggs my mother would set her egg basket out on the porch on the steps and the egg man would come and put i think it was a dozen eggs in the egg basket and one day when he the egg man came, she was visiting a neighbor, and my brother and I, who was 18 months older than I, were playing in the front steps. And we were so curious, we wondered, can we roll those eggs down the cement steps without any of them breaking?
2: And my mother had
3: just a real, she was went hungry as a child, and so food was very important to her. And when she came home and saw all those broken eggs on the sidewalk, well, she was so mad she didn't dare punish us because she thought she would lose control. But the intensity of her feeling implanted a lasting memory, and it was because we were curious. So trust, love, and curiosity. And uh, along with curiosity, children, they want to learn. They, they, they see what other people can do, what older children can do, what mom and dad can do, and they want to do it too. So they, they want to learn to do it. And the thing that I wanted more than anything when I was five years old is I wanted to learn to ride a bike. Well, my family didn't have money for a bike, but a neighbor girl who was five years old had gotten a bike. And she offered to let me ride it. And the driveway had a slight slope to it. And I was, the first time I rode it, I was able to ride. And what that represented to me was freedom. And I was so elated at my ability to ride and how thrilling it was to ride a bike. And my desire was for a bike. Well, my parents at Christmas time did get a bike but it had to be shared between us two boys. And my older brother not being the kind, generous kind, it was frustrating. But when I did get to ride it, I was in heaven. Now, the other thing that makes a child a child is the most important thing in their life is play. Their life really centers around playing, not only because they enjoy it, but because when they're fra- they're playing, they can pretty much do what they want to do. They can experiment. They can experiment with their body doing things that they wonder, can I do that? And with the play comes joy. Have you ever been around children when they're playing? The excitement, the joy, the, the energy, the enthusiasm oh, wow, it's contagious. You can't help but laugh and smile. and Oh, and if you're young enough, you want to go out and join them. So trust and love, curiosity and desire to learn, to play and joy are, are some of the strongest attributes of childhood. How many of those attributes do you still have? And to what degree? As a child, they were the focal points of your life. They were the reason for your wanting to get up in the morning. How much of that do you still have? What are your focal points now? Having enough money, going to work, taking care of your property, your material things getting exercise and diet so you can stay healthy? How much of your time do you spend playing? How strong is your desire yet to learn? How curious are you? How generous are you with your love? How much trust do you have? Can you sense how much of your little child you have lost? I want to shift gears here a little bit. The person that you are today is the person you have created yourself to be. There were people like parents, like grandparents, like close friends, like spouses that have played a role in shaping us. But we were the one that decided what we were going to accept from them, what we were going to believe, what we were going to trust. And we were the ones that rejected what we didn't want. You are the creator of yourself, even as I am the creator of myself. And can you, with honesty and integrity and sincerity, say that you love yourself? Do you trust your judgment? Do you you trust other people? Do Do you still have that insatiable curiosity and that desire to learn? Do you still like to play? How much of your waking time are you in a state of joy? You see, what, what I, I sense and experience that many people do as they, quote, grow up, they start out in a sandbox, the sandbox of life. But the older they get, they start building walls around the sandbox. And I think many of the walls that adults have are so high they can't see over them. The walls are made out of fears, made out of ego, made out of the desire for things, the desire to be successful, the desire for money. How much of your walls are made out of love, out of joy, out of peace? You see, a curious person is going to want to see over the walls. They they are going to want to see what's beyond their limited vision of the world. And even their limited vision of themselves. They're going to want a play box with no walls. To be completely trusting. To be open. To be free to share who and what they are. Not hide for fear of rejection or being hurt. Children weren't afraid to be themselves, but adults so often are. What fears do you carry? You see, we have all created a world for ourselves, and we live in that world. And we're now going through, individually, and as an entire planet, we're going through an ascension process We're in the process of building a new world. We're in the process of raising the frequency of the planet. We're in the process of raising our own frequency. And the only way we can do that is to get back in touch with our little child. And the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is based on freedom. It's based on faith. Faith is another word for trust. It's based on love, the opposite of fear. And so much of our world has been created by how we have chosen to react. To react not only to people but the situation, circumstances, and events. Now, our reaction, we chose that reaction. We've never been in a situation where we didn't have some options. And we chose the option that we chose. But we could have chosen differently. Now, what I'm going to suggest here is that We go within. Try to identify all of the things that you have created that populate your world. Another way to say it is look at all that you have built within yourself as a person. And the things about yourself that bring you joy that make you smile, that make you feel good, the things that you love about yourself, that you respect, that you honor, that you want to hold on to. Feed them energy. Feed them thought. Amplify them. Strengthen them. But also look at all of the attributes that you've put in your world that generate fear, that limit you that hold you back that cause you to go to protect yourself take the excitement out of life identify all of these events all of these people identify your reaction to them and i've got a technique <laughs> I dearly love it. It's a win-win situation. As you identify these aspects, these parts of you that you have created that you don't like, in a meditative state, call in your angels and take that part from you or ask the angels to reach deep within your psychic, in your physical body, if there's a physical problem, in your mental body, if it's thoughts that you have that are of a negative nature that are judgmental or critical, or in your emotional body, if it's fears, and hand it to the angels or ask them to pull that forth from you and see them pulling out a glob, a dark glob, And they take it in their hands and they shape it into the shape of a ball. And then these angels, and we all have 20, 21, 22 angels working with us. And they've been with us through multiple lifetimes. And they love to be asked to help. And this is a way of asking them to help that's going to bring them joy too. They've got this ball and they begin to throw it to each other. They're playing catch. And as it's thrown becomes lighter. As it's caught, it becomes lighter. As it's thrown, lighter again. Caught, lighter again. And it changes. They they keep playing catch with it. And again, this is bounced among 20 angels, 22 angels, until it becomes a ball of light. A ball of light brighter than the sun. And then you ask your angels, when it's got... Gotten as bright as it can get, to reimplant it within you in the exact spot that that glob came from. The fear is turned to light, which is another way of saying love. The limitation is now an open door to possibility. And if you identify, one at a time, identify these and have your angels transmute it, and then place that higher energy back into yourself, you're bringing joy to the angels because you know how it makes you feel when you help somebody. And here you're giving the angels something that they can literally play with so they're having a ball. It's a win-win situation. And if you do this over a matter of days, weeks, months, maybe even years. As these things pop up in your mind, have them reinstall within you. That that you had when you were a young child, when you were trusting, when you were loving, when you were curious, when you were joyful, when you had the courage to literally try most anything. Anything. Okay, let's open it now to comments and questions and thoughts that you might have. Ortren, do you have anything to share here?
1: Oh, Okay, Carl, what if you didn't have such a easy childhood as far as being able to play and so on? Because, you know, I came out of a background where I was in the middle of a war, and that was a... Uh, you know, debilitating as far as being able to, uh, especially when you're a sensitive person because you're picking up all the energies of everything that's going on around you. And so it's not like you really even started out um, having this sense of security. Yes, I did know my parents loved me. That was one thing uh, for certain. I I mean, I definitely knew that. And, um, but... um, but there was still, because of their fear and all that they were experiencing, it was being, you know, projected, you know, I, I was picking it up. So it wasn't like I had, I felt that I had this easy. They always say, go back to your childhood, you know, and see how um, and how wonderful it was and so on. And I can't really say that about my early, early days. So how, how would you um, react to that?
3: Orkin, in case you don't, don't know, she was born in July of '44, and when she was two months old, the family had to flee. She's German. The Russians were coming. And they were in, in what was then Yugoslavia, and they were trying to get back to, uh, to Germany. They never did make it, and uh, her father, at age 45, had been drafted. He was given the option, join the army or be shot. And anyway, um, she went hungry. She was, uh, her body was not formed. Uh, She's got problems because of that. And they were refugees for the first seven and a half years of her life. So, yes, she did not have that to the extent that most of us had that. But, Ortrin, what you had were three absolutely beautiful children, and they all knew how to play, how to have fun, how to love how to enjoy themselves. And I think that you probably, in some ways, vicariously lived some of your childhood through them. Use their childhood as a model for yourself. And what you came in with was the fear, and that's the challenge that you came in to overcome.
1: And I think think that I have overcome much of that, and... Definitely, definitely that um the children my my children helped me to um overcome you know, those childhood things that I because I didn't want to be fearful in front of them. Uh I my 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 kids were all they were really all daredevils. And um, you know, on them my gosh, they're three, four years old and my son's up on the high dive at the high there were two levels of high dive and he's up there. And I, okay, I, I can't show him my fear. I can't allow him to see my fear because I don't want him to, to have, you know, the fear that I had as a child. Uh, but definitely, they helped me to, you know, balance out as time went on. But so I'm. But I'm just saying is that sometimes it's it's not when you say you know, go back, you know, and and be that child again. There are other one other people, not just me, but that had. Horrible situations, also, yep. and uh, so it's it's hard for them to relate. So I think what you're saying here is really a good thing. Is first and foremost when you were saying that, I what I thought was I I think that I created having those children in my life.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I think that was part of how I was able to get beyond you know that that part of me to be able to get beyond that whole fear scenario. Mm-hmm. And be able to yes, as you said, create have, being you know that child again. So, um, so I think that sometimes we need to state it a little differently because, you know, like Carl, you had a wonderful childhood. It was just really in comparison to, you know, like mine or other people's. Some other people I know, it, it's just, there's it just wasn't like that. So, so thanks for pointing that out because I think that people need to recognize that they can find that in their children, and they are the ones that can help them get beyond and and, and go into that space of, you know, joy.
3: Now, another area I wanted to probe here is the walls that many of us have built around ourselves come out of our own judgment. We judge other people's behaviors. We judge other people's beliefs we judge how they treat one another and i would in myself i want to get rid of all judgment because in my my head and my heart i know that everybody is here to learn different lessons and the way we learn lessons is to have different experiences we learn from what we experience And my head and heart tell me that they're experiencing exactly what they need to experience at this time in their life to learn what it is they're here to learn. So my job is to not judge them, but it's here to support them and to, without preaching or telling them, to help lead them to learn what it is those experiences are are here to teach them. But to do that, I have to give up all judgment, judgment of myself, judgment of others, judgment of circumstances and situations. And what I can do is I can, on a mental and emotional level, I can create in my heart and in my mind the outcome that I would like to see for myself and possibly even for others, but especially for myself and my family. And I can also work with my spirit family. Um, I feel that we each have a fair amount of power, but I think that the power increases by the square with the more beings that are involved on a common task and in my experience with doing life script readings for over 3,000 people over the last 20 years I find that we all have between 25 and 30 spirit beings working with us angels and guides from heaven and higher aspects of ourselves and teachers and they cannot interfere with our life. But if we ask for their help, they not only appreciate our asking because that allows them to come into our life with their power, their energy, and be helpful. And again, it it feels good to help other people. It feels good to give. And what an honorable way to help us grow to help us create a better life for ourselves, our families our neighborhood, our community our world and I have the power of one but with my spirit family we have the power of 900 and there is a tremendous amount that we can do because many of these spirit family members are functioning at very much higher levels of frequency than I am. In fact, I'm probably at one of the lowest frequencies of any of them. And so I don't know how that translates, but it probably translates into many, many, the energy of many thousands of common mind of common purpose, of common intent. So in that sense, working with them as one, we can be very, very powerful beings. And so any change that you want to make in yourself, in your life, in your circumstances, why do it alone? It doesn't make sense. When you've got these powerful, wise beings standing ready, wanting and willing and able to help ask them, they can't interfere they can't help unless you ask now what I've learned is that in asking them I want to specify the outcome not the how it's done because they're wiser than I am I'm sure they can come up with better ways than I can to accomplish the goal to get there, to do it. And I always add to the request, if this be for my highest good and for the highest good of all that are involved, for that's, that's what I want. So work as a team with them to rebuild your life, to tear down the walls you build around yourself, to become the person you want to become, and to accomplish what you said you wanted to accomplish when in the 20 years that you spent preparing your life script for this incarnation.
1: I just want to read a comment from Julie. Um, Julie, she said that, Carl, thank you for sharing your childhood stories. Um, I love being around my young niece and nephew nephews uh the vocabulary that astounds me the depth of conversation that we have i'm blessed that they like to go on adventures with me and they are a joy and yes i think the more that you can be around children and see you know the children and see the joy that's in children and, the, and as carl said talking about the curiosity and uh and uh the laughter because as carl mentioned you know, my children really brought a tremendous amount of laughter into into my life. Uh, those are um, such healing uh, forces for us. Um, and to, to get beyond that seriousness, you know, I don't know about you, but for me, I know that for many years, I mean, actually starting with my, my birth because we were refugees two months later, uh, you know, I lived in a survival mode for many, many, many years, and we lost, my, my grandfather had 16 brothers and sisters and, and lost, I'm going to say, 95% of them And uh, through the war. And so, you know, the, it, it was very, very hard, you know, starting out that way. But, yes, there was a purpose for me uh, being in that situation because I, I came here for a purpose, and for us to recognize, you know, what is our purpose? You know, why is it that we... we um, we we are here on the planet. And then um but because I miss this family because I never had a family other than thank God my immediate, um, I really always longed for that large family. And then as I mentioned, I created um that family around me because, you know, um I had three children, Carl had two children. Um, you know, we um the children were ages from like two to well, excuse me, eight, grades two through six when we were married, and we had 11 grandchildren. So I created, I built, I think in my consciousness, this large family that I was longing for to bring in that help me to heal and to become more of that child. And uh, so, yes, to find what the technique that um, will help you, you know, to heal. Uh, the, the technique that Carl shared is a really wonderful technique. It's one that was actually... I use, and I know that I was given very similar techniques when I did the chakra clearing and balancing. So um, use those, you know, on a, on a daily basis so that you can connect and and, and get beyond anything that might be holding you back. Uh, because truly, you know, you are that divine child, and that divine child, um, well, uh, when you connect with who it is that you are, you know, then... Your true self will shine, and that will bring more and more happiness about, and you will get more uh, childlike. Uh, you'll laugh more. I know my husband thinks that I'm sort of silly at times, or a lot of the times, because I'm always <laughs> doing crazy things, but, <laughs> but it makes him laugh too. So, so, And then I also think that, and he doesn't really share this much, but I think one of the things that is really good is to have those silly laughs. And that's what Carl is really good at, is belly laughs.
3: Martin said in this program, I have to do it one, at least one, one deep belly laugh. So get ready. Here it comes. And,
2: and this people do it with you. Oh, probably.
3: yes. And please, yes, please join in, all right? Uh, look at something funny or get a funny thought in your mind. and <laughs> Feel when you laugh you know it just it changes your vibration it picks you up it makes you feel good and even when you go into the store and i i love this exercise when i go to a big big box store particularly i i just make it a point to to to, before i go in a couple of minutes and i get myself in in a good positive frame of mind and walking to the store and walking through the store i make eye contact with as many people as i can i smile I talk to as many people as I can, and you can change the energy in that entire store if you're in there for 10 minutes, 15 minutes. It's amazing. And you've you've lifted people up, and I I almost have a a standard response. You know how people, uh, cashiers and clerks and so on, will say, have a good day? And I reply, well, I have to because I don't like the alternative. And they first they look at me kind of startled, but then, they break out laughing, yeah, that's right, you know it is the truth, so do uh, d- develop some habits that 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 pick up your vibration that make you feel good, and then, as you share it with other people, my golly, it bounces off, and it comes back to you even more than what you sent out so that 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 little child hang on to it, nurture it, uh, bring it forth. It's beautiful. You're beautiful. And the more a child that you allow to flow through you and that you become again, the happier you're going to be, the happier your world is going to be, the more the walls are going to be tumbling down. Can you remember as a little child? Now, when children are two, uh, two two-year-olds are often afraid of Santa. There's some kind of a phase they go through in, in life that I don't completely understand. But when you're at home, when you're not around strangers, I don't care how old you are, you're free to be yourself. Never, never, ever give that up. Express yourself. And and I've got sometimes a quirky sense of humor, and my wife will frown at me. But, hey. I groan. Uh, she, uh, she says She groans. <laughs> A groaner sense of humor, I guess. But anyway, it, <laughs> even when she's groaning, she's smiling. <laughs> okay. So I love humor, and uh, it, f- humor doesn't have any color or flavor. It just if it if it makes you feel good, if it makes people laugh, it's good. So incorporate as, as much of that as you can in your life. Any other comments or, or thoughts, sir,
1: or true? I don't, I don't think. I just want to add one more thing. Um, you mentioned that uh, you know you have these 25 uh, spirit guys that are working with you, and you know you made that statement that of all those, they probably are a, have a higher energy vibration than you have. Um, my tendency uh, is, is to believe that um, that all those beings that are around are that they're all already a part of you. So how can you be less? of a a vibration?
3: Well, the heavenly guides, to be a a guide, you have to be a a couple of uh, steps ahead of the person you're attempting to guide. If you're not as evolved than they are, or if you're at the same level, you don't have that much to give them. So we know that they're more evolved, and I don't think I'm as evolved as the angels. I think that they're Functioning. It's on a different level, certainly, uh, but I think that spiritually they're just further along the path. I would say that they have more divine essence that radiates forth from them than I have that radiates forth from me. But I also recognize that I am their teacher because they have never been physical. They've never been male or female They've never worn uh, a dense, heavy body in comparison to the one that they're in. And their angels, one of their traits is like children, and in many ways they're childlike. They're very curious. And they also want to learn. And they're learning about this third, fourth, fifth dimensional physical environment by overlighting me. And the, your angels are learning the same thing by overlighting you. And as I said, your angels have been with us uh, for through m- many generations, many lifetimes. They 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 know us better than we know ourselves. And uh, I, I can hardly, I can only just imagine the amount of love that they have for us. It it is that great. And when we're when we suffer, and they could help, and we don't ask for their help. If you're a parent and you could help your children as they were going through some love tough love times in their life, but you knew that you had to stay silent unless they ask. And you know how hard that was. Well, I think many of us put our angels through that when they could help, we don't ask, and it. It's got to be uncomfortable for them. So don't
1: <laughs> make your
3: angels uncomfortable. Ask for their help. <laughs> All right? I don't see any more
1: questions,
3: We've got about ten minutes left. There's, uh, There are no questions or comments, so let's have a, a closing meditation. If you make yourself comfortable... And focus your attention on your breath. As you exhale, tension goes out with your breath. As you inhale, you're breathing in love and peace and joy. Exhale, relax. Inhale peace, love, and joy. With each breath, your body becomes more peaceful. Your mind is slowing down. With each inhale, your physical body, your mental body, your emotional body, your spiritual body are filling with love, peace, and joy. With each breath, you're going deeper and deeper. There's someone there to greet you. It's a child. Do you recognize yourself? They have a big smile on their face. They're holding their arms out to you. They want you to hug them. And you feel their love filling your body. And you feel your love pouring into them. And you're now walking hand in hand. It's beautiful. It's a sunny day. It's warm the flowers are in bloom you can the aroma in the air and you begin to run they want to race with you and you let them pull ahead of you and then they stop and they're laughing another embrace you are at one with your beautiful playful child so much love so much trust they are so much a part of you and you are so much a part of them you are now at home and you go in and you prepare a snack for them. And you sit down and you join them with a nice cold drink. And they're sharing their dreams. What they'd like to experience, what the toys they'd like to have to play with. And they know that all things are possible. There are no limitations. Especially if they're with you. For you are all wise and all loving. And can make most anything they want happen. They trust you completely. And you feel the empowerment coming into you from them, their expectations of you. And you have always been able to meet their expectations, at least those that were positive and good for them. And if you look closely, you can see the aura radiating from them. And if you had a mirror, you would also see the aura radiating from yourself. And with your inner eyes, you can see the angels around your child you can sense the angels around yourself, and there's someone else there, brown hair, a beard. You just intuitively know it's Sananda, the one also called Jesus. And you know that you and your family exist within the auric field of the Master. You and your family are overlighted, empowered, guided, unconditionally loved. And as you look out through the kitchen window and the open kitchen door, you can see the beauty of nature all around you. And as you look around the room, all of the things there that were designed to help you and the beauty of the pictures on the wall And indeed you are loved, you are provided for. You have all that you need and even more. And you know that you will always have that. You need never fear literally about anything. For you are overlighted, you are guided, you are loved, you are protected. You sense your at one moment With Mother Earth. You sense your at-one-ment with the Creator. And you feel an aspect of the Creator stirring within you, that part of you that we call our soul. and you sense the soul within your child and you know it's the same soul and as you look around and look within it's all the creator in different forms and shapes and sizes and textures and colors all at its own unique vibration but it's all one. It's all the creator. And you allow the creator to express as fully and completely through your physical, mental, and emotional bodies as possible. You recognize that these bodies are not yours. They are there for your soul to experience and express in this earthly environment. It's their bodies. You are one with your soul. It's one with you. And it is an aspect of everything that exists in the entire universe. You're never alone. You are always the creator and you are now going to create only that that is for your highest good and for the highest good of those around you. You're not going to judge. You're going to let the creator do what the creator desires knowing, trusting that it is going to be for the highest good not only of yourself but of everyone and everything. You and the Creator are one. You and your little child are one. And together you're creating the kingdom of heaven within yourself, within your home within your community within your the entire world and you ask your angels to help you do this the higher aspects of yourself and your heavenly guides and your teachers you have come together as one beautiful divine energy. And you know in your heart, your mind, there are going to be challenges ahead, but nothing that you cannot learn from and overcome. For you are one with all that is. And now as you slowly and gently come back, Bring your little child back with you. Keep your divine soul to the surface, the surface of your consciousness. Reach out and embrace your angels and express your thanks. And thanks all of the higher aspects of you, your Christ itself, your mighty I am. And bless and thank your teachers. now as you go forth into this evening and into this night and into all of the days ahead free your child that it might express through you that your soul might be able to express itself through your child and so it is so it is And thank you, thank you for being with us.
1: Again, thank you uh, for joining us for our um, shows. Uh, We truly appreciate your being with us and uh, the energy that uh, we um, generate here together. Uh, I believe that it is truly a gift to the world. So, with the time that we are spending together and the, uh, the gentleness and the beauty that we feel within ourselves during this time, this is also being handed over on into the world so that it can also become be uplifted. So we appreciate you doing that with us. Um, if you need us for anything, our website is ourspiritualascension.com. Carl with his life script readings, I do the Chakra clearing and balancing, and they're they're really very very deep. So if you do have um, issues that you may need to um, eliminate from yourself, uh, there's spiritual spiritual it's, it's spiritual counseling I also do, and we also both of us do divination um, um, counseling. So if you need anything from us, uh, oh, and Carl's entity clearing that's a big big thing that he does. So if there's anything um, that we can help you with, just know that we are more than willing to have you be, um, call us and, and we will assist you with those things. So, again, I want to thank you for being with us and um, the ones that on the phone, on the Internet, and also the ones that are going to be tuning in to the, to the replays. Uh, and blessings. Grüß uh and Namaste.
0: We hope you enjoyed this edition of The Spirit Round and Ascension with your show host, Carl Franklin, on the Star Nations Radio Network.